When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. There is a sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Thursday, January 19, the Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 6-2. to two. It is one minute past 10 o'clock Eastern. And what is going on? What is going on? with the referees at tonight's hockey game. An absolute disaster. I'm not going to tell you that the Canadians just lost because of the referees, because obviously the Canadians didn't play their best game, but clearly the referees weren't um, didn't give the Montreal Canadiens the benefit of the doubt. The Florida Panthers went on the power play eight times in this hockey game, and they scored four goals on the power play. The Canadians went on the power play five times in this hockey game, and they didn't score any, and clearly that was the difference in the game. But 13 penalties, a bunch of fights in this game, and it almost seemed like one of the turning points in the game is that there could have been a possible goaltender interference on goal number one of the game. But, you know, the Montreal Canadiens challenged it, and the goal was allowed, and and obviously the Canadians lose the challenge, and the Florida Panthers go on the power play, and they end up making it 2-0 and scoring two goals on the power play. As a matter of fact, their third goal to make it a 3-0 lead in period number two was on the power play as well. And then they make it 4 nothing. And their fifth goal of the second period was on the power play as well. So four power play goals out of five goals that were scored in period number two after a scoreless first period. Uh, I'm going to bring up the uh, lineup in just a second. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you that the Sick Podcast is proudly brought to you by 8.6 beer. It looked like the referees may have had one or two of these tonight. Intense, like the guys who dropped the gloves tonight by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. It's also brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, an asset-based 3PL provider offering outstanding service at incredible rates serving all of North America. Energy Transportation Group offers full-service logistics support and also brought to you in part by 
Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the referees were better than this, it's time you go back to Lacage. Or if they were this bad, it was the last time you went was when they were this bad. It's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. And I'll be going there on Saturday night at Lacage at the Bell Center. But of course, there are many Lacage locations all over the place. As a matter of fact, one, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from me right here in Villa Sal on Boulevard Newman, which I go to every now and then as well. I know you're going to have a lot of reaction tonight with this hockey game that was. And by the way, you know, I'll give you the phone number right now already so that you can jump on a line and, and get to it. But I'm not getting to calls just yet. But keep jot down this number, 1-888-585-SICK. 1-888-585-7425. It is a toll-free Number. I want to bring up the lineup for the game before we get to our regular contributor who joins us every Thursday night. Here you have it. Suzuki centered Caulfield and Yulonen. Doc with Anderson and Hoffman. Dvorak with Dadonov and Pozzetta. And of course, your extras were Pitlick and Harvey Pinard, but there was always somebody who was double shifting. On defense, seven defensemen. Harris, Savard, Edmondson, Barron. Matheson, Kovacevic, and Arbor Jackai. It was a difficult night for Samuel Montembeau. Was it his fault? No, it wasn't. But he gave up once again five goals in the second period. And the way the game was going, I, for one, called for Samuel Montembeau to be pulled after period number two. I put that up on Twitter. I'm happy I did. And I'm happy that Marty St. Louis uh, saw the same things. Because if you keep Samuel Montembeau in there, He's been on such an amazing run in the last five games, especially the last three prior to tonight, where he had stopped 99 of 103 shots. If you keep him in and all of a sudden five goals becomes eight goals or nine goals, you know, his confidence just takes a beating. The Canadians clearly didn't have it tonight. The referees clearly didn't have it tonight. Maybe the Canadians didn't have it because the referees didn't have it. Clearly, it started bad because of the refs. There could have been a goalie interference on goal number one. It stands, so it's one nothing Florida. The Canadians challenge. Florida goes back on the power play. It's 2 nothing. So the referees put the Canadians in a really, really bad spot tonight. Joining me from BPM Spot, a former National Hockey League player and enforcer, who I'm sure is going to have an opinion or two on some of the fights that we saw in tonight's hockey game. Let's bring in George Larac. George what? Larac. One eight 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 five eight five six. You like? I love how you. I love how you give the phone number. Lots of energy. I love it, man. All right. You know, speaking of energy, George, we saw it in the fights tonight, but we didn't quite see it in the game. This is a game, George, that was getting out of hand. And at one point, the players said, "You know what? We have to have a little bit of dignity here, Montreal Canadiens players, and a little bit of grace and a little bit of face." I might surprise you with an opinion early on tonight, but I'm not afraid to say it, okay? Um, when a game gets out of hand and and the gloves drop and it's fight after fight after fight, I think that takes away from the game of hockey. Knowing what we know now about punches to the head, look, I'm not crazy about that, but I understand that as long as it's semi-allowed, it's going to happen. Now, this may sound crazy because I'm trying to say that I'm not crazy about fighting, but on one particular shift, late in the third period, Radko Gudas labeled Kirby Doc, and on that same shift, he tried to take out Kirby Doc's knee. And Josh Anderson just skated around, 
like uh, like I, I don't know, it was like a, the, the Disney on Ice or whatever it was. He wanted no part of Ratko Guras. I, I don't know if they exchange words or not. Watching on TV, I mean, you cannot make Ratko Guras label Kirby Doc late in a period in a game that is already getting away from you and trying to take out his knee. Gudas was going after everyone today. By the way, he and Arbor Jackai led the game in hits with five hits apiece. Your thoughts? Okay, so you remember the couple games ago in the press conference, uh, Josh Anderson, in an interview, he said that the league is becoming soft because he's kind of trying to justify why he wasn't playing so well, and how the game is soft now, and it's not like it used to be tonight. Can, can, I, can I just respectfully add something to what you just said? Yeah. Uh, Josh Anderson said the league is becoming soft, and you said because he's trying to justify. Let me add something. Maybe he's trying to justify because he's become soft. But that's exactly it. Because for a guy that when he talked to the media, it seemed that his game is harder now because the game is soft and he has to change the way that he plays. Tonight was a game that was geared up for him where he had an opportunity that now to show his toughness because he doesn't hit anymore. He's no longer a menace. And then everybody saw what Gudas was doing. Jackai is fighting every game now. Uh, yes, he brings a good dimension to the team, but Jess Anderson could do it too. He's on the ice. Jack High is a rookie. He can't do it all. You can't expect him to go fight every game. Josh Anderson is tough. But is the fact that Jack High is in there now, that now he's getting softer? He lets Jack High do the fights for him? Why is he not as physical as he used to be? He used to be a physical force. Is he hurt? Is he playing hurt? I don't know what that is. When I saw that, Tony, I thought it was weird. I, George, a this game like this, came, a game like this is geared up for guys like Josh Anderson. Wait, George, George, this comment came probably give or take about a week ago. And it's funny. Now you're going to laugh, right? Because I was driving around and I heard you and your colleague Max Truman on BPM Spa weekdays between 11 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. You had this discussion about what Josh Anderson said. I had arrived at destination. I was parked in my truck, and I sent both you guys a text message. And I'm not shy to say it. And what I said to you is, five years left on his contract or whatever it is, the guy's taking it easy. He's packed it in. And I'm sorry. I feel that way. And if there's something the National Football League has right, and I know that hockey players would never go for it in the National Hockey League, and hockey agents wouldn't want it either, but the National Football League, there's no guaranteed contracts. Guys don't sit on their contracts. And I really believe, and not everyone, okay, because the ones who don't, those are what we call the real ones. Ça, c'est yeah. vrai. But guys that sit on their contracts, those, unfortunately, are not the real ones. And until Josh Anderson proves me wrong, I'm going to say that he's sitting on his contract. He's not going 100%. And when there's two years left on his contract or a year and a half, he's going to put it from second gear to fourth. And in the final year, he's going to put it to fifth. You just got a contract of seven years, 5.5 million, a couple of years ago for Mark Bergevin. Put it in fifth and keep it in fifth. 
You know, when he got in with Montreal and he started playing, he was my favorite player by far. He was my favorite player because, not just because of his speed, he'd go to the net all the time. He was very physical. He was an intimidating factor. This year, I don't recognize him anymore. The speed, he always has it. But you know what? You cannot change the type of player that you are. You're a guy that's supposed to go to the net, crash and bang. You said the league is soft, take advantage of it. Be physical, you get even more room because people are not gonna wanna face you physically. And that's why like, I'm wondering if he's playing hurt because he's not hitting anymore, it doesn't make sense. Because Montreal needs him because there's no power forward on that team. He's the only one that has that potential. He's the only winger that could be physical. And that's why when I look at him like a game like tonight, why no media brought up the conversation that he had a couple of weeks ago when he said the league was getting soft because that was a game for him and he wasn't there. He's a veteran. You should lead by example. And uh, I don't understand it tonight. Maybe, what just maybe, happened. maybe our media is getting soft. Well, you know that. Uh, I don't want to about... paint them all with the same brush, but they're, they're no, used no, to... I don't Look, know. Let's put the cards on the table, okay? We, go back... we go back 10 years, there used to be a tougher media. Yes or no? Actually, let's be honest. Media that are covering the team are very careful what they're asking. Back then, it didn't matter. You're right that people, the real question was there. Now, we have to be careful. We don't want to lose, we don't want to lose privilege. We don't want to lose privilege of being the next one asking a question. We don't want to make anyone mad. That's why the best media, Tony, are the ones that are neutral the one that are not covering the team so they don't have to be careful they could be neutral not one way and another they're fair and today i if i would have been in the room i wanted to talk to josh anderson and i bring back that comment that he said and ask him about tonight's game a thousand percent that tonight's game if you josh do you think that tonight's game uh was soft since you're saying the league was soft and was this game geared for you when rako gudas uh, went after that, that is one of your top players. Did you see it? What did you do about it? How come you didn't do anything about it? We all jumped on Petrie because he didn't do anything when Montavo got run. Josh Anderson's tough. You How know, George, do I, I think we have to take this title of power forward away from Josh Anderson once and for all. I'm going to bring up a couple of names. You ready? Cam yeah. Neely, Keith Kachuk. Eric Lindros, Keith Primo, Keith Primo, Todd Bertuzzi. Like, we're talking power forward. Jeremy Romick. Okay. They would bring it all the time, all the time. Do you think Cam Neely took nights off? And yes, I get it. Cam Neely was a 40 goal scorer and even 50 at one point. And, and he's another. But, you know, we're giving this title of power forwards. Like somebody once, like a couple of weeks ago, stopped me in the street and said, you know, uh, Armia should just, he needs a little bit more heart, a little bit more consistency because he's a power forward. Armia, power Oh, my forward. God. Like, oh, my like, God. Yeah, you, you, know, <laughs> like, you know, like, like if Armia is a power forward, then the, then the, 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 the role of power forward, it doesn't exist anymore in the National Hockey League. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, there's there's no more power forwards even in the media, right? You were talking about them. Everyone everyone wants to be chummy chummy with with everybody. You know, hey, I want them to be our you friend. Know. You know, come on, come on. You know what? You, I've always you, you know you, you know Armia. Just just a little thing about Armia. I look at this guy this big that could skate. He's afraid of hitting people. I don't understand why he's not using his body. 
He's strong. He's fast. I was wondering why the Jets let him go. Now I understand. Because at least Anderson, as disappointing as he is sometimes, he hits sometimes. Armia, with the skill that he has, man, if he figured it out, because he does have the talent, he does have the hands, he would be sick, just like the sick podcast. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm soft. gonna. He plays too soft, yeah. man. I'm going to take it a step further, what you just said. We were talking about Josh Anderson, the whole power forward, and you said, well, nowadays it's different than 10 years ago because uh, media, uh, they don't want to have any privileges revoked or they want to be, you know, in, in, in you know, um, they want to be in the good books with the team and yeah. all that stuff. I'd be willing to bet. I'm going to tell you something, okay? And I'm not perfect by any means, but this is the way, you know, I've, 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 I've been throughout my career. Okay. I say what I think. I think what I say. And and that's it. I think I'm fair. Some can think I'm tough. But I think I'm fair. I don't say things that are wrong. I think I say the real things. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet, George, that even though some members of the media probably think the way you think or are acting the way you're saying they're acting, I would be willing to bet that maybe the likes of the Jeff Gordons of this world and Kent Hughes of this world, and especially the Marty St. Louis of this world, if Josh Anderson would be called out, they know it's fair. I bet you they would appreciate it. I bet you they would almost like it to say, you know what? Someone's saying the real things here, trying to light a fire under this guy, and let's see what kind of reaction he's going to get, whether he gives one or not. But those, George, those are fair guys. Gordon you Hughes know. and St. Louis are fair. If you would come out on the air tonight and said what you just said, I bet you that if they wouldn't have a problem with it. Tony, I have a question for you, and I can't wait to hear your answer on that one, and even your listeners. Everybody loves Martin St. Louis as a coach, right? Everybody does, right? But hold on you love Martin St. Louis? But hold on. If you're going to ask the question, and I'm going to have to answer it, that means I'm going to end up being the collaborator right now. So I'm just wondering, how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> Okay, so listen to this, okay? A lot of people are bragging about St. Louis, how good of a coach is and everything. Tell me this, okay? How come he never calls out any of the veteran guys that are sleeping? How come he never calls them out? How come he talks about passengers, but he's never called out anyone? How come he never backskated the team once to punish them when he said there's past too many passengers? How come the same veterans that are sleeping every game they're back in the lineup in the top six, playing a power play again. Because the veterans, How come have, he never to be, calls them the veterans have to be showcased for a trade, George. They're dead. You can't showcase anything when it's dead. If they're not playing, show the team, have the respect of your team, play the players that are playing. Okay. Because right now, it's 15 games that you've been trying doing the showcase. It's not working. They're dead. There's absolutely no team in the NHL well, no, I mean, hold that on, are looking hold. at a veteran, Tony, and they're going to say, I need this guy to win the cup. Okay. The only guy is Monaghan when he comes back from his injury that okay. we hope that we can get someone in return. Other than that, everybody else's stock is going down. Okay. Hold on a second here. Hold the fort, okay? I don't disagree with what you said, but the players that you said all their stock was going down and you said he didn't call them out this, that, there's a lot of truth in what you said. There's a lot. 
I will counter by saying that he made Mike Hoffman a healthy scratch on several occasions. I will counter by saying that he made Evgeny Dadanov a healthy scratch on several occasions. I will counter by saying that he had Jonathan Drouin on the fourth line. Now, did he backskate them? No. Should he have? Maybe yes. Did he call out his veterans? No. Should he have? Maybe yes. I'm going to give you all of that. But to say that all these guys, their, their value is low, before Jonathan Drouin got hurt, his last six or seven games were his best games of the season. And his yeah. three-point night, uh, his three-point night that he had about a week and a half ago is probably the three, best. Three-second three assist, by the way. I understand that. It was still one of his better games in a while. Dadanov's two goals the other night, Hoffman's goal the other night. You know, some of the guys, you can make a case they don't have big value. I still think, and I could be wrong, that they will get picked up before the deadline because there's no roster freeze on the amount of players. Every team needs depth. They're only going to be on the hook for salary for a month and a half, but the Canadians might have to take a contract back. It's Tony, just so you know, it doesn't matter if the guys that the contract is up this year, like Dwayne Dadanov, if the contract is up this year, whether somebody pick him up or not, it doesn't matter. They're gone next year. I'm talking about guys that you on the hook with a couple more for another year after this year that you have to get rid of. There's no, if Dwayne stays all year and Dadanov, you can get rid of him. It doesn't matter. The team is not going anywhere. And actually, if they stay, they might help them win the lottery for Bedarby because they're not doing anything. Yeah. But, you know, it's the contracts, as you know, that are loaded that you have to get rid of. Like Gallagher, um, it's, it's impossible. His body, you can't do it anymore. And some other contract like this that are too heavy. So some uh, coaches are hesitant in calling out veteran players because they think that if they do, they lose their room, for example. This wouldn't yeah. be the, hold on a second. This would I'm gonna I'm gonna defend you on this. So I'm gonna agree with you. This wouldn't be the case because the veteran players here, they're not big voices in that locker room. Exactly. No. Yes. They would have to lead the team. Yeah. They, if they don't, if they're not leading the team, okay, they're veteran, but they're dead. They're dead meat. You think dead meat is gonna stand up in front of all the rookies and everything? No. Hey guys, I got bench, I'm not playing. I don't yeah. like St. Louis. Let's cast him out. My I'm, God, they can't talk. They can't say anything. I'm going to you know, agree with you, right George, now, on this one. You know, when the veteran is supposed to be there to mentor the rookies, the rookies are mentoring the veteran. George, I'm going to agree with you on this one, and I'm going to take it a step further. Marty St. Louis signed a three-year deal. He has all the power right now. The Montreal Canadiens are not going to get rid of Marty St. Louis. When Marty St. Louis came in no. last year in February, they're going to get rid of him this year in January. He's not even no. going to do one full year. Marty St. Louis has the power. He's got more power than the players. It doesn't matter what the Canadians do between now and the end of the year. It doesn't right. matter how many games in a row they give they lose. It wouldn't matter how many goals they give up. Marty St. Louis is not getting fired. He has That's the right. power. He probably should have called out some players. I'm going to agree with you. The only reason why I'm thinking maybe he didn't is I don't think winning the games this year is all that important. However, they told us that a culture of working was. So if the guys aren't working, maybe he should have called them out. George, every now and then, I'm going to agree with you. Tonight's one of those nights. Awesome. Hey. Awesome. Uh, okay. Awesome.
Before Always a pleasure I, to be in a set podcast. Before I let you go, because I know you've been putting in a lot of hours lately, so I want to make you get some of your beauty sleep, okay? I want to have your thoughts on Arbor Jacki fighting, on Pazetta fighting, on Matheson. I think a lot of people were surprised to see Michael Matheson drop the gloves versus Matthew Kachuk, and then I'll let you go. Uh, Magic, uh, Madison should never drop the gloves. <laughs> Madison has been hurt all year. Showed a lot of guts against Kachuk. Kachuk is tough. He wants to show how he's a true leader. Madison, he hasn't been there much. He's been hurt a lot. Uh, don't fight Madison because the Canadian needs you since Edmondson is going like this. Madison is the only hope of a mentor the young guys could have. Don't get hurt in the fight. In, in, in a game that is that is done out of hand. Even more reason for Josh Anderson to be embarrassed. Uh, yeah, you're 100% you know, you're right. You're on the bench. It you're watching Michael Matheson fight Matthew Kachuk. Don't you think it should be you? Yeah, I know. It doesn't It doesn't make sense. As a vet, like, I could guarantee you, Tony, that guys on the team are not happy. They're not happy what just happened. Oh, really? Jack I, Jack I is like, what more can I say about this guy? Remarkable. He is, he's fighting every game. Like every game, he's there for his teammate. He, the thing with the logo that he did, I love the guy. I love the guy. He's amazing. Team first. You'll defend anyone. He's playing like a veteran and he's a rookie. He has a mentality of a veteran and he's learning the toughest part of the NHL job is fighting and he's doing awesome. And Pedzata wants to show that, you know, he could contribute to and, and bring it up. I love the energy that Pedzata bring and, and Jackai. And Anderson tonight could learn a, a thing or two from these guys because he's the veteran. He should be the one leading the way in, in a game like this. George, special thanks. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much. Great job on BPS Sports all week long. We'll talk to you soon, my man. Thanks, brother. Talk all right, there you have it. Former NHLer, former Montreal Canadian. He was an enforcer. Not too many better than him, my friend. He is George Larac, and he's a regular contributor right here on the Sick Podcast. Uh, Marinero, shout out the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Uh, the Tascam equipment is supplied by Ericsson Audio, the choice of musicians, engineers, and broadcast professionals. Thank you very much, Ericsson, for pro providing me with the tools that I need to do my job. All right, I'm going to get to some of your comments. I'm going to give you the phone number at 1-888-585-7425. 1-888-585-7425. The referees in tonight's game, Gislain Ebaid and Jake Brank. Gislain Ebaid and Jake Brank. You know, at the office, in life, at work, whatever work you do, we all have our good days and we all have our bad days. And a lot of players in sports, uh, they're given, you know, a grades on a report card from fans, from members of the media, from journalists. They have that. It's very prevalent in Europe, by the way. You got a report card. It's on 10. The higher the score you get, uh, the better the game they believe that you played. All right. If we had to grade the referees on 10 tonight, it's probably a two on 10. You know, they were they were not consistent with their calls. The only consistency that they had was that they made bad calls all night long. They let the game get away from them. And when you let the game get away from you, players take the game into their own hands. 
I hated the fact that it was fight after fight after fight after fight. And I'm probably in the minority because I know that everyone likes a good fight every now and then. The second Jack guy dropped the gloves or any of the fights, everyone was standing up and everyone was going crazy. Considering the dangers of fighting, and we know the damage that a punch to the head can do. I mean, I'm not crazy about fighting the way I used to be crazy at fighting. And you know, like, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty scared when I see any shot to the head. Speaking of which, this whole slap fighting sport, it's not a sport. I don't know if it's sanctioned or whatever it is. It must be because it's on TV. They have competitions. Have you seen this thing? Like two people stand like directly in front of each other, probably like two feet from each other. And they just line up and they line up and they line up. And then all of a sudden they swing bah, and they slap each other in the face. I saw something on Twitter a couple of days ago. I think I saw some blood coming out of someone's ear. Like, I mean, we're in 2023. I mean, wh what are we here? Are we in 1923? Are we in 2023? What in the world is going on with this sport? Like, like that that people actually, and they, they, they thrive on this stuff. Like, they go crazy. They actually put down a dollar or two. They bet on it, right? Who's going to win? Who's going to fall down? Who's going to tap out? And I mean, the other day actually was funny because it wasn't funny, but the person who had like ear, blood coming out of their ear, their face was swollen. And as a matter of fact, their face was going in like different directions. Like part of it was going here and the other part was going there. And that person ended up winning this whole slap fighting competition or what? It's crazy. But anyway, I didn't like the three fights one after another tonight. I didn't. As a matter of fact, I tweeted something to the effect of, you know, at what point are the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens going to start playing hockey again? But at the same time, all this stuff happened because the referees made the game get away from them. And guys were trying to deliver dirty hits and it wasn't getting called. And then when things shouldn't have been getting called, they were getting called. It's just an entire game that didn't make sense. An entire game that didn't make sense. And no Corey who on chat says you're comparing slap fighting to hockey fights. Wow. No, I'm not doing that. But somebody said to me tonight on Twitter, when are the Panthers and the Canadians going to start playing hockey again? And somebody said to me, hey, we need entertainment. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you need fighting in hockey for your entertainment, well, then there's a problem with hockey and hockey needs to get fixed. Okay? I mean, do you need fighting in soccer? No. Do you need fighting in basketball? No. Do you need fighting in football? No. Do you need fighting in, you know, another sport? Other than actually boxing or MMA? Like, no. I, I, folks, no. And now I'm getting, of course, the whole soccer is boring and soccer, it's a joke sport and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's, yeah. You play it. You play it. If you think it's a joke sport, you play it. You run in the midfield 11, 12, 13 kilometers a game. You take kicks in the back of the legs when you have no protection. You do it. You take elbows to the head off corner kicks when you're not wearing any headgear and you're not wearing any helmet. You take it. You go up for a header when someone else goes up for a header and you get headed in the back of your head or you actually get headed in the face. No helmet, no headgear. You do it. Play the sport. 
Tell me how easy you think it is. All right. Okay. Now, um, I, I don't know why every time we talk about soccer, we bring it up. Everyone wants to choose to do whatever they want. Listen, it's the biggest sport in the world. The numbers for the Super Bowl don't even come close to the numbers that you see in World Cup soccer. Dave Peak, enough Tony, soccer's pathetic, one nothing, and fall down. Yeah, Dave, you're uh, you're very educated. There was a game today, there were seven goals that were scored, Dave. Seven. There was only one more goal that was scored in hockey, in the hockey game tonight, between the Canadians and the Panthers. But I could tell you that game today that was played that had seven goals that were scored, well, uh, I mean, I can tell you that uh, Buffalo played the Islanders tonight and five goals were scored. I can tell you that there's four minutes left in the game between Washington and Arizona and one goal was scored. And so, you know, anyone who says soccer games finished by a score of one to nothing hasn't watched a soccer game in a very, very, very long time. Hey, by the way, a couple of years ago, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup and in the semifinals, they beat the New York Islanders in game seven. You want to know what the score was? Yeah, it was one to nothing, by the way. All right, okay. Let's get to more of your comments and you can send them in. And uh, a shout out, of course, um, you know, we, we can even we can even get to some of your calls. And uh, why don't we actually do that? one 585 7425 So you called? You called. Presented by Playground. Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercia Bridge. Only minutes. From downtown Montreal, and the way this segment works is that we take calls. Yes, of course, if you're going to jump on a line. And some people are on their smartphone, and they're watching, and they're watching on YouTube Live, or they're watching on Facebook Live, or they're watching on Twitter Live. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please do so. It's a great community. And if you're on YouTube Live right now, you're going to see the chat that's going on. But if you haven't, subscribe to it. Tell your friends about it if you have, by the way. And hit the like button if you like what you're hearing and you like what you're watching, you like participating, hit the like button. If you want to send the message, message sick, S-I-C-K, sick. So anyway, you called, you can jump on a, the way you jump on a line, if you still want to watch off your smartphone, off YouTube, is you grab your phone at home, you grab your line line, maybe you have a cordless phone, and you call toll-free, 1-888-585-7425. And uh, probably Agnello is going to pick up the phone, if not, uh, his daughter, Juliana, is going to pick up the phone because the Cavallaro is here. This is a family-run business, the sick podcast. They have everyone working on it, right? Sammy's the genius, right? And you got Agnello, you got Rosa, you got Juliana. They're all working on it. So we'll either take calls or we'll take comments. And Sammy and Agnello just bring them up, and then I know exactly what I'm doing, whether I'm taking calls or taking comments. I know where to go. So bring up a couple of comments, guys. Bring up a couple of questions. Did Gudis intentionally shoot the puck at Dak in the third? Um, I'm not so sure he did. I'm not so sure that he did. You know, at the end of the day, only he knows if he intentionally shot the puck at him. I remember the great Guy Lafleur. I think it was Mike Milbury that uh, that said, you know. Guy Lafleur shot the puck at my head, and he tried to take my head off. And Guy Lafleur was asked about it years later, and they said, did you intentionally try and take Mike Milbury's head off? 
And he said, intentionally try to take his head off? No. I just wanted to scare him. So, I mean, if Lafleur didn't answer whether or not he wanted to do it on purpose, we wouldn't know. But he told us. So, you know, the only guy who knows is actually Ratko Gudas. Ratko Gudas knows if he tried to shoot the puck at Kirby Duck. Tony says, uh, Sonny Hendricks, what did you think of the small sample size of Caden Primo? I thought it was good. You know, Caden Primo's coming off a concussion. He hasn't gotten a lot of practice time. Kent Hughes talked about that yesterday at the presser. He said, I think you'll see Caden Primo pretty soon. But he comes in, and he comes in in period number three, and it's a good thing because Montembeau doesn't get shelled by not playing the third, and Caden Primo doesn't get shelled in the third either because he only gives up a goal. So you know what? I think it's I think it's all good. I think it was a good night for Caden Primo that he came in and um, and he only gave up a goal. All right, sixty six spinning on YouTube. When will Sandro Grande be on the Sick Podcast? All right, so Sandro Grande is a former professional soccer player. For those who don't know him, but I think everyone would know him by now because obviously he was in the news for the wrong reasons a couple of weeks ago. And Sandro Grande, um, back in 2012, made some terrible, terrible remarks about then um, Prime Minister of Quebec, Madame Pauline Marois, and um, and also made some comments about um, Quebec sovereignists. And um, he had issued an apology back then and then started working for different organizations. He had issued an apology to the Laval representative of Le Parti Québécois. And um, he went on to work for different organizations. He went on to work for the Quebec Soccer Federation. He went on to train uh, boys and girls at the National Training Center in Laval. Uh, He went on to train boys and girls at uh, Cégep Montmorency in Laval. He went on to be the technical director of Les Etoiles de l'Est soccer team, went on to be the technical director of the Montreal Manic Academy, and most recently was the technical director of FC Laval. Uh, It appears CF Montreal approached him a couple of weeks ago and asked him to apply for the position uh, that was vacant as head coach of CF Montreal's reserve team, which he did. And after a couple of interviews and they brought up his past, uh, they deemed that he was the coach to lead them in the right direction and help develop the players. So on Monday of about, what was it, um, 10 days ago or so, uh, on the Monday, Sandro Grande was on the field at around 3 p.m. when he was training CF Montreal's reserve team. Later on that night, at around uh, just over 6 p.m. or so, there's a press release that went out from CF Montreal announcing that Sandro Grande was the new head coach of CF Montreal's reserve team. And... um, You know, he issued an apology in the press release, said that he made some big mistakes in the past and he regretted it. Well, a couple of hours later, uh, a tweet went out from uh, the head of the uh, Parti Québécois, Monsieur Plamondon, who basically said there's no way that CF Montreal can hire Sandro Grande and uh, we are totally against it. Anyone who wishes violence on someone else and it can't be and all that stuff. So 
Next morning before 9 a.m., CF Montreal comes back on their decision and they relieve Sandro Grande of his duties. A lot of people were waiting for Sandro Grande to speak following his hiring and firing, which was a hiring and firing probably 15 or 16, 17 hours interval. Uh, the news made its way all around the world. They made, you know, they kept newspaper in France. It made the Guardian in London, England. Uh, it made it to Italy. It made it everywhere. Everyone was talking about, especially um, nowhere more so than here in the province of Quebec. Well, nine days after being relieved of his duties, Sandro Grande had a press conference earlier today at around 1230 at the um, at a hotel in Laval. And uh, he issued a, a sincere, heartfelt apology. And you can see his pain and you can feel his pain. You can tell that it has not been an easy time for his family. And I know that some aren't going to want to forgive. Um, I believe in second chances. Um, and I don't think you have to forget. But I think in a case like this where Madame Marois accepted Sandro Grande's apology as they exchanged letters, it appears Monsieur Plamondon is going to meet Sandro Grande on Sunday, and there's an openness. And based on his tweets, Monsieur Plamondon's tweets from earlier today, it looks like it's headed in the direction where he's going to accept Sandro Grande's apology as well. Well, at that point, if Madame Marois accepts Sandro Grande's apology and the head of the keep PQ party, Monsieur Plamondon accepts Sandro Grande's apology. Well, then I think we should accept Sandro Grande's apology. Some of you won't want to forget. You won't forget, and that's okay. But I think you can forgive. Um, it, 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 not to take away from the gravity of the tweets and what was said, which were unacceptable. But I think we can all say that um, we've all made mistakes in our lives, some bigger than others. Uh, and there are some that made huge, huge mistakes and they were able to reintegrate society and they were able to go on to have jobs and, and prove themselves to society that they were able to rehabilitate themselves. And I think, once again, I think Sandro deserves that, especially based on the fact that, you know, the person that um, that forgave him was Madame Marois. And once again, she was the one that was on the opposite end of the tweets and the hate and the violence. So there's my take on that. But to answer your question, when will Sandro Grande be on the sick podcast? He might be one day to talk soccer, um, but he's not going to be doing... I, I spoke with his member of media relations today. It's someone in charge of of his presser, he's not doing any interviews on this matter is what I was told. So you're not going to see him here and you're not going to see him anywhere because he said what he had to say today. And, um, you know, he wants to bring some closure to it and he wants to move on. Um, thanks for the question. More questions. We have a caller, it appears. Okay, we have a caller. Luigi in a hunt. Luigi, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Tony. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on the show and also have the opportunity to say uh, to the Cavalera family, thank you for having you on the sick podcast. 
Uh, number one, Tony. Thank you, Luigi. Thank you very much. There's one reason why I listen to you, Tony, because I love that you're a straightforward guy. You say it the way it is about Sandro Grande's story. And I respect you a lot as a broadcaster, as a person, a sports mentor in the city. I've listened to you over 20 years, Tony, and I respect you a lot. And Look, Luigi, if I can, and I really appreciate that, I want to I wanna always be transparent with the listeners and the viewers, okay? I don't condone what Sandro said, and I realize what Sandro said was a huge, huge mistake, and he made some huge mistakes. I, um, I was privy to seeing Sandro work for about five years. He was the technical director of the club that my eldest played at. Um, my son went there a good player. He taught him to be a better player. Sandro Grande is, if there's a harder working technical director in the city and in the province, um, you're going to have to, you're going to have to look very long and hard. He is always the first one on the field. He's the last one off the field. He works with all the different age groups. He works with the boys. He works with the girls. He works with the kids. He works with the teenagers. He works with the adults. He works with the seniors. And he knows pretty much every player in his club by their first name. And he has thousands of players. People talk about acts of violence, this, that, whatever. I personally, there three times a week, always driving my son up to five years. That's a lot of times I never saw any act of violence and I never saw any words that were violent towards a kid, a child, a player, an opponent, a coach, a referee, or anything like that. I never saw it. And so that's all I said. And um, so, you know, I'm biased in that regard. Having said that, because I got to know him once again, I'm going to make no excuse for what he said. Anyone who does and anyone who tries to defend what he said, obviously, is not being reasonable. What he said was terribly, terribly wrong. But I'm going to come back to what I said before. And what I said before, I mean it. I believe in second chances, whether I know the person or I don't know the person. And there are people that have done a lot worse. Uh, and they were able to rehabilitate themselves, get back in society, get back in the workplace. I would not want to see Sandro canceled because of this. I would not want to see Sandro not be able to work in this city or in this province, not be able to put food on the table for his family. And obviously, if you watch the presser today, when he talked about his family, his kids in particular, he got very, very emotional because the last couple of weeks, was tough on him and his family, but obviously very, very tough on the kids who had to go to school and heard some really, really bad stuff from other kids because their father was on the front page of the newspaper and was trending on social media. So, Luigi, thank you very, very much for that. I just wanted to uh, uh, to put things in context and to explain, uh, and that's that. What do you tell me, Luigi? I watched the game tonight, Tony. Yeah. And uh, that's why I called you. Uh, I watched the, uh, the fights. And I was flipping back and forth from the Boston Rangers game. The Bruins are unstoppable, uh, a well-organized team. But then I flipped to the Canadians and I was seeing all the fighting. And I have to agree with George LaRock and yourself as well, Tony. When I saw the uh, hit there by Gudas and Tudak, and Josh Anderson was just close to him, and he did nothing, 
It got me sick to the stomach. And it reminded me a bit of last year when um, Masambo got hit behind the net. And I said, well, what's this guy doing? He's uh, one of the leaders on the team. Why doesn't he go protect his uh, player, his uh, young teammate? And I found it a bit uh, embarrassing. Uh, me as a fan, I'm a big fan of the Canadian story. You know that very well. And the game was out of hand. And, you know, I agree with you. Fighting is uh, it's not needed today. It's all about the game. But what he did, I think a lot of these young players will remember that on the ice. And they were looking at him. I think a lot of the young players would have appreciated had Anderson took uh, things in his own hand. And if you looked at uh, Doc when he got hit, he was looking towards his right side, looking if somebody was going to come and help him. And nobody did. And he got away with it. Uh, Gadas got away with a, a freebie there. And I find that uh, Arbor, and I will tell you something, Tony, Arbor reminds me a lot of Chris Nylon when he came into the NHL with the Canadians in the early, uh, late 80s, uh, late 70s, I think. And Chris was always there representing his players, ready to drop the gloves and protect his players. He was a good hockey player as well, Tony. This I will tell you. And Arbor, for me, is one of those players that stands out, protects his teammates, and comes to play. And you have to give him credit because the young players on that team are going to look up to him going forward. And he's yeah. a leader. He's yeah. a leader on this team. And I respect that kid a lot because he's a, he's a big time leader. Uh, Louis, you know, how many. It's funny, right? Because if you would go with a popularity contest, all right, I'd be willing to bet the Montreal Canadiens fans love, you know, Nick Suzuki as much or more so than anybody else. Cole Caulfield as much or more so than anybody else. Uh, and after that, after Suzuki and Caulfield, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of other guys, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Guy was the third biggest fan favorite after Suzuki and Caulfield. And maybe it would be Doc at number three, but if it would be, it would be Jack Guy at number four, right? Believe it or not, Tony, believe it or not, when I watch the games, I'm looking at Jack Guy. What's, what's he doing on the ice? It's not the fact that he's fighting. He's always hitting players. He's always hitting players. He's, con he's, very, he's in the game. He's in the zone. He's doing the, the right thing. And he defends his players, his young players. And he's out there. For me, that's a team leader. You know, that's one of the, that's a, an, a great, great uh, attribute towards a young player that you can have on your team. And I respect that a lot because it's hard to have players like that on the team that's going to defend your young players and it's going to take the hit for you. And going forward, I think this guy is going to be a big, big team player on the Canadians. And I really like him. And I'm telling you, Tony, I remember when Chris Lennon came up in the late 70s with the Canadians, he was that type of a player. He wasn't as much because we have Larry Robinson, we have big players on that club that were well, we had, we were well insulated. But this guy, Arbor, makes everybody grow six inches taller when he's on the ice. And he defends his players. He takes a hit. And he gives up the hits. You know, some games, this guy's all over the ice. And, he, 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 you know, penalty killing, he's got a great shot from the point. You know, we're, we're lucky to have a young player like this. And uh, I'm so happy. You know, and again, Tony, yeah. like you said, Suzuki and uh, Caulfield, those are given. But young players like this, they're hard to find, Tony. Really hard to find. And I respect this guy. I really yeah. do. For what Luigi, well said. You know, I'm looking at YouTube Live right now. There's a lot of people that really like this call and agree with what you have to say, Luigi. Thanks so much for you as well, always calling and saying the real Thank things. You, I appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much, Tony.
All right, there you have it. Luigi from Ahunsic. More of your comments and more of your calls. You can call me at 1-888-585-SICK. 1-888-585-7425. We're going to Regina, Saskatchewan. Jean-Philippe, comment ça va? Hi, Tony. Ça va bien? How are ça you? va très bien, merci. Et toi, comment ça va? Great, great. Uh, podcast is amazing every night or uh, watching it every other day there. Thank uh, you. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Thank you. Um, uh, people like you make it all worth it, right? Because we've we've gathered a, a real nice community that's expanding and getting bigger and bigger with each and every day. And we're, we're really having a lot of fun looking at the numbers and we're having a lot of fun doing this. It's become a community. Everyone's on the chat interacting. It's almost become an appointment, right? 10 p.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday. And I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you very much. What's on your mind, my man? Yeah, I, um, I am a abs fan, watch it uh, often, um, and uh, getting just interested in uh, the next couple of years for what kind of players we'll get. And um, I was just curious, what, did you, what would you think if uh, Taves, Jonathan Taves um, would become or would be interested to play in Montreal the next couple of years? Is that something that you think would be good for the team if they were to sign a guy like this a couple Jonathan of years. Jonathan Taves? Yes, uh, Jonathan Taves. Yes, from the Blackhawks. No, I really don't think Jonathan Taves is a fit. And I'm going to tell you why, uh, Jean-Philippe, for many, many reasons, all right? Jonathan Taves yeah. has had a very, very, very good, very, very long NHL career. He's been in the league since 2007. He's played about 1,200 games uh, including um including the playoffs that's a lot of games that's a lot of seasons um he's had injuries he's still a good player like there's no doubt about it probably picks up a, like a like a 0.75 points per game on average he's still a good player right there's there, but obviously a guy like Jonathan Taves if he would get moved from Chicago a team where they won three Stanley Cups, okay? If he would get moved from them, why would he want to move? He'd want to move for a to a team. Obviously, Chicago, we know that they would might, might want to move him. They might want to move Kane after moving several players because Chicago is tanking. I mean, if that's not like a tank that's yeah. going on in Chicago, I don't know what is. But you're Jonathan Taves. You're 34. You've tasted the Stanley Cup several times. You've been with one team for over 15 years, and now they're tanking, so they're going to move you. Where are you going to go? To a rebuilding team that's going to lose more games than anything else? To a losing environment? A losing? No, you're going to go to a team, right? Yeah, yeah. That if you go to them, you could be the you can you can be the complementary piece to help get them to the final or win another Stanley Cup. So uh, he's not a fit in Montreal, like no chance. Hmm. None, zero, no chance. Then, yeah, yeah. Okay. No chance. I just, um, I just saw or thought that um, you know Monan can add an indirect impact on the team, and being a vet like that, I just thought, well, the kids could learn the next couple of years. And look at uh, you know now you brought up Sean Monahan, right? You brought up Sean Monahan. Listen, did you hear what Kent Hughes had to say at his presser yesterday? He said that. Five games into the season, right? He was hearing Monaghan's name everywhere as a player that the Canadians should trade. So he called Monaghan into uh, 
to his office and he said, listen, Sean, he said, this is Montreal, five games in already, everyone's talking about trading you. There's three ways it's going to go here. Either A, I'll trade you. B, I won't trade you. Or C, I will trade you. And we'll see what can happen in the summer when he goes unrestricted free agent with the possibility of bringing him back. So he said, right now, I don't know if it's going to go the way of A, B, or C. I do know that I'm not going to trade you anytime at the beginning of the season. I do know I'm not going to trade you anytime soon. So you know what? Go out and play the very best you can, and let's just go from there. And so, you know, you talked about Jonathan Taves, and then you talked about Sean Monaghan, and you said that the impact that Sean Monaghan's had on the Canadians. So I know that Sean Monaghan is not Jonathan Taves. I know that. But he is six years younger. So if you have a chance, maybe in the offseason, to bring back Monaghan, if you're looking for a veteran player, I think it would make more sense to bring back Monaghan than to go out and acquire a Jonathan Taves. That's what I think. Especially with... Um, especially with the context being that is, I mean, Jonathan Taves would not want to come to a team that's rebuilding, you know? Yeah, he uh, certainly wants to win a cop again, probably. So Why not? The more you win, the more you want to win. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Merci, Jean-Philippe. Thanks, Tony. All right. Sounds like like you too. Sounds like a good guy. Jean-Philippe. I could see Taves coming to Montreal in two or three years when the team will try to push for a playoff run similar to Eric Stahl and Corey Perry coming in. Really great veteran to have in the playoffs. Thunder Gods says he won't go to the Leafs. They can't afford him. Kev says hope we rebound on Saturday when the Montreal Canadiens host the Toronto Maple Leafs. And on Tuesday, they host the Boston Bruins. A couple of original six teams coming to Montreal over the next couple of days. Um... Does Patrick Kane get moved? Yes, I believe he will. I believe Kane will get moved, and I believe Taves will be moved. Chicago is tanking. They want Connor Bedard. Vancouver wants Connor Bedard. Everyone wants Connor Bedard. And if the Canadians could play the way they played tonight, between now and the end of the season, they might put themselves in a good position to have a pretty good chance. Connor Bedard. Kelly says, Tony, are you sitting in a loge when you go on Saturday night? Hi, Kelly. Thanks for watching. I will not be in a loge on Saturday night. I will be in the Reds. I believe I will be low in the Reds, and I believe I will be behind one of the nets. Uh, That's where I usually sit when I go with my buddy. Um, So, no, I will not be in a loge. Uh, the Thurston says, I'd love to see Chicago not get a lottery pick. All right. Um, others coming in, and we'll get to some of your questions. And by the way, if you want to jump on a line, a couple of minutes left in the show, I might be able to just squeeze in one more call at 1-888-585-7425. one 585 I might be able to squeeze in one more call, or maybe... One or two questions. Let's bring up a couple here. What if Caulfield wants 10 million? 
So let's just say this. Can we all agree that the way the market is now, that the Montreal Canadiens would have no other choice but to give Cole Caulfield a long-term deal at around seven and a half to eight million dollars. If we can all agree on that, then if they would give him ten million dollars, it would just be a couple of million more. It's not the end of the world. Cole Caulfield is young. If you give him an eight-year deal or a seven-year deal, it'll take him to age 30 or 31. He'll have a lot of hockey left in him at that age. I know the number is a big number. I know it scares a lot of people. I'm no different than all of you. I'd love to see Cole Caulfield come in, you know, as reasonable as possible and as low as possible so the Montreal Canadiens could have more money to give to other players because if everyone comes in below value, then you have more money to give to other players and then you have a higher chance of winning a Stanley Cup one day. At the same time, let's just say Pat Brisson says to Cole, Cole, sign a three-year deal, sign it at $6 million a year uh, because uh, or six and a half or whatever it is because when your contract's up in three years, at that point, we're going to want about 10, 11, 12. If that's the thought process, aren't you better off just giving $10 million a year in a long-term deal? I'm asking the question, by the way. I'm asking the question. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little confused and rattled myself. I know I want Cole Caulfield to be here for as long as possible. I also know the market says he's at worth he's worth at least $7.5 million. So if you give him 10, it's not like you're giving him 10. It's like you're giving him two and a half because already everyone can agree that at seven and a half, that's what he's worth at the very least. Pretty good deal. If he wants a cup, he'll take less, but his agent will want 10. Christian says three years at $8 million. Corey says long-term, yes. Choke says not my money, so spend away to the Montreal Canadiens. Chris Hansen says he'll get eight times eight. Cuckoo says three-year contract for Cole Caulfield. Another fun show. The Canadians lose by a score of six to two. They give up five goals in the second period, four of which, four of which were on the power play. Stefano says, Tony, what time will you be at the cash on Saturday? Well, um, should be there at 5.30. Should be there at 5.30. And I've been told it's going to be packed. They asked me where I want to sit, and I said, I'm just going to be happy to be there. You can put me wherever you want. And so I don't know where I'll be sitting, but I've been told it's going to be packed. You wouldn't expect anything less because, A, it's the Canadians and the Leafs, and, B, because it's Lacash. Proud sponsor of the SICK Podcast, and so is Energy Transportation Group, and so is 8.6 Beer. Marinero, thank you to everyone watching on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Hit the like button, message sick. And if you're going to listen via audio on Google, Apple, or Spotify, make sure you give us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. I love you, Montreal. I love you, Habs fans. I love you, sick army. What a community we have. Bigger, better, and stronger each and every day. This podcast is going to the top. It's pretty sick. 
And if people see the videos or they ask you, hey, who is that guy? I'll answer the question tomorrow night, same time, same place, 10 p.m. Eastern. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.